We'll start in Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4, if you want to turn there, is where I will be speaking this morning. And I have a story to share. So I love sharing stories from my childhood because youngest of seven, it's just a circus sometimes with what you grew up in and you witness. And one thing that we did is there were always sweets in our house. Dad had a sweet too, so we would have, it would be normal for us to have cake, cookies, ice cream, things like that in the house. Mom had a rule. You could only have one. So if you had cake, you could not then have ice cream that same day. That was saved for special occasions like birthdays. So you could do cake and ice cream on birthdays to celebrate. But otherwise, you had one. So being the smart, intuitive, creative kids that we were, we would say, well, mom knows we've already had cake. But dad doesn't know we've already had cake. So while dad's working in his office's message, you know, we would, we would huddle outside his office, and we game plan and say, okay, who's going to go in? Roger, we'll send you in because you're the youngest. Everybody loves the youngest. Why do I always have to go? You just have to go. Shh, shut up. Go. Okay, this is what you're going to say. Say it like this. Okay. What you doing, Dad? Just working on my message, son. What's, what's going on? Oh, nothing. Just saw, you know, siblings there eat some ice cream. and Oh, we have ice cream? Yeah. Yeah, Dad, we have some ice cream. It's, did they leave it out or did they already put it up? I think they put it up. Well, could you go, just go get me some. Yes, sir. Father, I, Roger Jr., son of Roger Sr., shall go get us the ice cream for you. <laughs> and then the plan, halfway done now. We're halfway there. I got the ice cream. I sat in the kitchen for Dad. But, you know, um, because Dad was, again, he was in his office closed door, God gives parents superpowers, specifically mamas, and she would be in her room. It's not like she was walking around. She was in her room. It was almost like something told her, do, 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 do. my kids are doing something bad. Don't give them no ice cream. They already had cake. <laughs> well, you heard your mama, and then he gives him some ice cream, and we don't get one. But I, all I did was, like, if I can just get him to say yes, if I can just get him to say yes, you can have some ice cream, then I have a yes, and I can go tell mom, well, dad said we can have ice cream. What are you going to do about that, Mom? He already said, yes, you can't overrule him because you guys are a team. And they always were a team. They always were a united front. And so when Mom said, no, they've already had something, you can't give that to them, then it was settled. It was done because I already had a no. And so the title of my message is your yeses and your noes. And in chapter 4, verse 1, we see... Jesus, and I'm going to read, it's chapter 1, I'm going to read it for a little bit so you guys will just follow along. Is everyone there? Okay, yes. Then Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After fasting 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry. He was hungry. Jesus was the first one to be hangry. Um, The tempter came to him and said, if you are the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. And Jesus answered, it is written, man will not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Everybody say, no. Then the devil took him to the holy city and led him to stand on the highest point of the temple. He said, if you are the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you. They will lift you up in their hands, so you will not even strike your foot against the stone. And Jesus answered him, it is also written, do not put the Lord your God 
to the test. Everybody say no. no. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And, all, and he said, all this I will give you if you will bow down and worship me. And Jesus said to him, away from me, Satan, for it is written, worship the Lord your God and serve him only. Then the devil left him and the angels came and attended to him. Everyone say no. no. So when the enemy came to talk to Jesus, to tempt him, Jesus had an opportunity right there. He had an opportunity to say yes or to say no. And as I've read that scripture and I've, I've studied it and I've listened to different pastors speak on it, they analyze a lot of different things that, that happen in that encounter. And God came to me, he said something really simple. He said, you know, it was just a simple yes or no. That's all it took. It started with a yes or no. That yes, Jesus used scripture. And I've heard people say, you got to have the word to back up your answer. You got to have the word. Make sure you're standing on the word. And yes, that's absolutely true. But God said it was just a simple yes or no. The first step. The first step was just a yes or no in response to what the enemy came and tempted him with. And so my first point is you can't say yes to God and say no to God. You can't say yes and no, it's one or the other. It's a choice that we get to make. In the scripture, it says in Joshua, you know, that the scripture that goes great on little plaques that you can put up in your house and, and bumper stickers that says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And that's a great quotable scripture. In that verse earlier, it says, choose this day who you will serve. It says that it's a choice that you have to make of which way you're going to go. In James chapter 3, it says, can a fountain produce both sweet and bitter water? It can't happen. There is a choice that we are given to make. And Jonah, heard of that story, is a great, we sell it all the time in, in children's church. Jonah ran from God, and then he got swallowed by a whale. He, he, he got swallowed by a whale. He said no to God and found himself in places he shouldn't have been, on a boat, run from God. We did this, we did this skit in Honduras, and it was so great. Like back in, when was that, Bradley? Like 2000, was that 2000, like 12, 11, 6, 5, 2005? Oh, my gosh, we're old. So it was a long time ago, and, and we loved doing that skit, and I was Jonah in the skit, and they would throw me off the boat, and they would hurl me, and all the kids laughed. But he got swallowed by whale for saying no. And I know we laugh at that. He got swallowed by a whale. Roger, I don't think I'm going to get swallowed by a whale. You're probably right. It won't be an actual whale that swallows you, but maybe your whale is an addiction. Maybe your whale is something called anger. And it swallows you up, and it consumes your life, and it affects every area of your life, all because you have not said yes to God. But we've lived in this era and trying to say, maybe. And the thing is, the great thing about God, that yes is a progression. It's a yes, yes, God, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Take it. You, it's yours. And then it's a journey. It's not a yes, and then everything is changed, and everything is new. And if someone told you that, I apologize on behalf of all Christians that someone told you that once you said yes to God, that it was going to be a walk in the park. 
I'm sorry that someone told you that. But when you say yes, you begin that journey with God, and he begins to show you. It tells us that we renew our minds. We renew our minds. But it starts with a yes. So point number two. I'm moving fast, guys. This is going to be, we're going to get out at record time. Number two, a yes to God. Hey, 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 that was too loud, Kenny. Uh, Number two, a yes to God always comes with a test from the enemy. So in that scripture, Jesus was the one that was yes. I will say it again, dear. Yes, ma'am. Okay. A yes to God always comes with a test from the enemy. Jesus said yes, and then he was tested. But you know what? In the Bible, you know what it says is an enemy? It says our flesh is an enemy against God. Sometimes with that yes, the temptation that comes, not from the enemy. Pastor Sam has said two people that get blamed the most for stuff that doesn't happen, God and the devil. Sometimes it's just our own flesh that does not want to submit doesn't want to submit. I laughed and I told you about um, uh, Black Panther and his name was T'Challa. I started working out because I told Livy, I said I was T'Chunky. And <laughs> for this to fit the way it should fit, got to start doing some, some workouts and start push-ups. Because when I was in high school, I said yes to a lot of other things. Yes, I said, I said yes to playing basketball as an athlete. But then I also said yes to... Um, sitting on the couch and playing these games called FIFA and Halo. And I was so good that I could, like, beat anyone online, and then I could brag about it, but then I couldn't um, run two miles because I only need to run one mile for basketball. So once I got one mile, it's done. Like, I just did enough. But I said yes to things in my life where I could have said yes to maybe, I don't know, picking up, learning the piano. Weren't the youth amazing this morning? Give them a hand. Give them a hand. It is, it, is, it is not fair sometimes how talented they are with just everything that they do. Like, they are so awesome. And I was just like, I had to work so hard to be able to sing on key. I had the clapping thing, so I got y'all beat on some of that because sometimes people get off. But I had to work so hard. But if I had said yes to maybe, I don't know, practicing guitar, practicing piano, something like that, I could have used that skill for a little bit longer versus saying yes to playing FIFA where I won a a college FIFA tournament, got my name a little plaque in the UC. I was like, yeah, I did that. And I was like, really? That's what we're celebrating? (laughs) Because you can dominate FIFA in an Xbox game? Yes, I did. I did celebrate that. And as a tour guide, I showed everyone that. But, (laughs) But the Bible says that our flesh is an enemy against God. And sometimes that test comes from ourselves. Look, I'm not saying that everything that you walk through will be as simple as saying yes and no. I'm not saying that you can easily get rid of an addiction just by saying yes or no. I'm saying, though, that that is the starting place. And if you can start with one day choosing to say yes or no, starting with one day, or better yet, start with one moment, whatever it is, I'm saying yes to I am not going to talk to my spouse this way. I'm saying yes that I'm going to do a better job of spending time loving with my kids. 
I'm saying yes to. You know what? Maybe I cannot serve every Sunday, but I can serve once a quarter or once every six months. But I'm saying yes to putting myself in a place for God to use me. Challenging you guys to say yes to God, whatever that may be for you in your walk right now. Whatever that may be. Because your yes and your no, it is a two-sided coin. They come together. A quick survey. I mentioned ice cream earlier. I like ice cream. If you had two choices, either chocolate ice cream or vanilla ice cream, I'll give you a few seconds, give you a few seconds, okay, if you're a vanilla ice cream fan, raise your hand. Look around. All right, hands down. If you're a chocolate ice cream fan, raise your hand. Some of y'all rose both your hands. You had to choose one. You can judge everyone around you. It's okay. It's like, hey, you rose your hand twice. So you had to choose, you had to choose one. And I did this with youth, and they were, you know, they got into a big discussion because I had, like, other questions, like if you had Batman or Superman, Bahama Bucks or Andes. Like, we got into this discussion, and I was like, this was not my main message. But they're like, I can't believe you. Like, it sparked a revolution. I'm sorry. Um, but you had to choose one, yes or no, chocolate or vanilla. You have to choose which way. You cannot go both. And with your yes, there comes a no. So in that scripture where Jesus was saying no to the enemy, he was also saying yes to God. And so when you're saying yes and no's in those moments, realizing that there's something else on the other side. So if I'm saying, yes, I'm going to stay in anger, then I'm saying no to a happy relationship at home. If I'm saying, yes, I'm going, to be, uh, I'm going to be the employee that does just enough to get by, that does just enough to, to, to keep my job but not get fired, then guess, I'm saying yes to staying exactly where I am and not right. looking for promotion. When we were talking about the series called Money Pit, it wasn't to try and get you to give us your money. It's saying, by you saying yes to tithing, I'm also saying no to a spirit of poverty trying to come in my life. Well, how does that work? Because God works in multiplication. He's saying, if you trust me with this 10%, with this little, then guess what? I'm going to show up more than you can ever imagine. And it says, open the windows of heaven. So if I'm saying no to tithing, I'm saying yes to God's blessing on my life. If you're saying yes to being in a committed relationship and being married, then guess what? You're saying no to just going around and being in any other relationship every day. I'm not making, this ain't nothing I made up. This is just how life works. You are saying yes to something and no to something. Or you're saying no to something and yes to something. Let the yes be to something of God. That if you're saying no to something that's, that's, that's plaguing your life or attacking your life, that you're then not saying yes to something else that can't feel what you're looking for. Does that make sense? That I'm not substituting one thing that's not of God for another thing that's not of God. Because only he can satisfy. 
Are we getting that? Does that make sense? Yes? All right. Third point. A yes to the instant pleasures of today can mean a no to eternal promises of God tomorrow. A yes to the instant pleasures of today can mean a no to eternal promises of God tomorrow. And the other scripture I'm going to read is in Hebrews chapter 12. Therefore, we are also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, so let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Again, quotable scripture. We use that, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. The rest of that verse, though, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. And I'll keep reading because 3 says, Consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you come weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. But go back in 2, it says, Who for the joy that was set before him. And then the next thing that comes up isn't joyful to me. Endured the cross and despising the shame. Wait a minute. I thought there was joy that was set before him. It was. But if Jesus was standing on this end and the joy that's set before him was at that wall, he knew what he had to go through to get to that joy, but that's what he focused on. The joy that was set before him was you and I sitting here today freely into the freedom that God paid for so that we could be in right relationship with him. So that we don't have to go through a yearly process of making sacrifices and say, okay, well, we made it through this year. Let's hope God doesn't get us next year and we got to wait till the sacrifice. That's what they had to do. They had to wait an entire year. But he said that joy that was set before him, it didn't matter how painful the cross was. It says that he endured from attack from sinners, the very people that he was going to die for. That in his close circle of friends, in his group, in his crew, his squad, whatever you want to call them, that he knew that there was somebody that was going to betray him. And he still blessed the food, blessed the bread, and gave it to him and shared an intimate moment that we, we capture, we have these beautiful paintings, and sitting right up in there is the one that's going to betray him. Now, I don't know about you guys, but if I knew somebody was sitting close to me, was going to betray me, we'd be having a lot of different conversations. Well, why are we going there, Jesus? I don't know, betrayer. <laughs> what does it matter to you? Well, Jesus, that's another miracle you did. Good job. Are you really celebrating? What are you celebrating? Does that mean you get more money for trading me in? Like, we, you know how suspicious we are. We are leery of a lot of stuff. But he blessed the bread and shared that moment with him. And then he said, you just go and do what you have to do knowing that what he had to do was give his life for Judas. Knowing that it was not going to be a fun process. 
knowing that it wasn't going to be this, this great thing, but it was for the joy that was set before him that he went through what he went through, and it did not matter about that. Some of you guys are standing for something right now, and you are going through a lot for it, but I'm telling you, do not say yes to something immediate because you're going to say no to something that God is bringing for you, that you've been believing for, that you've been standing for. Do not give up. Do not give up. So if, so, if something I say offends you, you can email the church, <laughs> Pastor P-A-S-T-O-R-S-A-M <laughs> at nccTyler.org or Pastor C-H-R-I-S at nccTyler.org. But sometimes I think we, 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 get, we feel the pressure, and so we, we give in, and we don't realize that what we've been standing for and believing for is on its way. And, and some of you, that may be for, it may be a relationship. It may be a marriage. And sometimes you've been praying for God to heal the wounds of that marriage. And you've been standing and believing. But there's, a, there's an option or opportunities for you to say yes and give up. To say yes and end it. I really believe I'm speaking this by the, the word of the Lord and by the unction of the Holy Spirit that if you will just continue to say yes to God, that he is working in that marriage. And he is bringing healing into your life. That God's plan was never for it to end in destruction, for it to cause pain in your life. But Roger, you don't know what was done to me. I don't. I don't know what that feels like. But I do know that we serve a faithful God. We serve a God who heals. And if you will continue to say yes to him each moment, each day, he can bring healing and restoration to those places that we, that we hide, to those places that we, that we keep to ourselves. And that goes for single people. If you will say yes to God, and say no to just the quickest relationship, the quickest opportunity that comes to you, I promise you God will bring the right person. And when it comes into your life, it will be so beautiful and so amazing because you trusted him and you didn't try to solve it quickly. You didn't just jump into a relationship. Because I know sometimes in churches we, we preach that once you get married that you're good. rest of your life is going to be smooth sailing. <laughs> It is, it is a beautiful journey that you do together, especially when you have something as beautiful as I do, to go through with it. Thank you. But, but it, is a, it, is a, it is a work and a challenge because every day the enemy is coming to try to bring division. I told you to put gas in my car. I, I took a nap. I'm sorry. Just try, I mean, just try to bring little stuff, and then from there, you're fighting over, why was I taking a nap? 
what was I dreaming about? I don't know, just stuff that just comes up. <laughs> but, I, but I have a story to, to, to finish with this um, about saying yes to, to instant pleasures but saying, and saying no to eternal promises, and the team's going to come up. So I told you about growing up, big family, seven. My parents were loving parents, but we had rules. Um, the first time, whenever I tried to, and my mom was looking because she's like, I can't believe you're telling all these stories. So <laughs> staying the night at somebody's house was, was involved a background check um, <laughs> for the other people. And so it started off was, hey, mom, can I spend the night at so-and-so's house? Well, I don't know who so-and-so is, so no. Okay. Okay, get that. Mom, remember you met so-and-so that time you came to the school. Can I spend the night at their house? Well, I don't know so-and-so's parents. Man, didn't think that far. Okay. Next time. Okay, Mom, you remember you met their parents and you know who so-and-so is. Can, can I stay the night at their house? Well, I don't know where they live. But I'm, man, I just can't get this right. So I am a freshman in high school. have not stayed at anyone's house. <laughs> except for family members. And I said, okay, she knows Bradley. She knows the pastor. She knows his parents because they're our pastors. And she knows where they live because we did a home group there. This has to work. Hey, Mom, is that okay if I, if I stay the night at, at Bradley's house? You know, Pastor Samson's, that's the pastor's house. We stay there. Okay, yeah, you can go there. So the first time I stayed the night at somebody's house, was Pastor Sam and Missy Vets, as a freshman in high school. <laughs> a lot of people had sleep over a long time before then. But here, here's the beauty of it. Here's the joy of it. It's because my parents were, were praying people, and out of love they said, look, we don't know what goes on in people's houses. And I had an opportunity to shadow a youth pastor one time. And when my mom... And sister met him. He said, yeah, because that was our house. He said, we showed up on Sunday. You thought we were the perfect family. We had, it was me. He said it was him, his sister, and his mom because his dad left when he was younger. And he said, between the number of guys that came through the house at any time of the day or night for my sister or my mom, the number of girls I had at the house, the number of alcohol and drugs that were done openly in that house, and then you see us on Sunday, you thought we were the most holiest people because we knew how to amen, we knew how to smile, we knew how to lift our hands, and we could pray. We could talk a good prayer. And then all that stuff went on at our house. And so mom was like, you don't know what goes on in people's house. He was like, yep, that was us. But waiting and trusting God, being able to finally stay the night at somebody's house, turned into an amazing friendship where throughout the summers, we did not, I mean, Bradley, we were like twins. We were there. It was always there. It was Bradley and Roger. We were always at each other's house, always staying the night. And I don't remember us fighting. I don't ever remember us getting to a point, can't believe that you talked to that girl. You know she liked me. Like, we didn't have <laughs> any little stuff like that because my parents said no for those instant moments and said yes to, guess what, a friendship I have that is a lifetime, lifelong friend. And sometimes, parents, you have to step in and say 
no for your kids. Is that okay? If that bothers you, again, you know the email address. Sometimes you have to say yes for your kids. Remember the first time when we took over as youth pastors, uh, a, a family, they no longer come here so I can, I can say this, um, family came up to me and they said, well, I want, I want my child to want to come to church, so I'm not going to make them come to youth group. I'm not going to force them. You know, I want them to, to really just have that want to, and I want them to, to want it. And I said, that's fantastic. What do you say if they say, I don't want to go to school? If, they, if, your parents, if your kids come up to you and say, I don't want to go to school, you either, you like the Sims household, you're going anyway, um, you take them to another school, or you decide to homeschool them. Right? They still get the school. They're still getting educated. But you tell them, okay, I'm going to let you get an opportunity to get school in, in another form. So if your kid doesn't want to come to youth group or doesn't want to come to church, that's okay. But then maybe they should go to another youth group. Because I'm okay with that as long as they're getting the word, as long as they're getting plugged in. Or you're going to keep them at home and you're going to do church at home with them. As long as they're getting the word. As long as you're doing worship as a family, you're doing the word as a family. But don't let them get out of it completely just because they don't feel like it. I'm telling you that God wants to do something eternally minded in your kids and your families that if we just say no right away, if we just say no, that we are missing out on something lasting happening in their lives. Because guess what? I didn't get an option about going to school. If you said you didn't feel good at my house, that means every one of your siblings came into your room and prayed over you. <laughs> and you got extra five minutes in bed, but you were getting up and going to school. Healed people go to school. <laughs> that was the house I grew up in. Healed students go to school. But don't allow them just because they don't feel like it. If they, look, I know that not every youth is going to connect with me. That's fine. This may not be the youth group that they want to be a part of. That's fine. Let them get connected in the community somewhere, a church community. I, I really mean that church. Because the enemy's after this generation. He's after what they're doing. He's after the purpose and plan of their life. And we have to stand up and say, no. No to the enemy and say yes to the plans of God. So what we're going to finish with is I believe that God's been moving in some of your lives, and some of you already know what it is. You already know that there's some things that God wants you to say no to. There's some things that God wants you to begin to say yes to for his life, for your life. And that's the team to, to play, and what we're going to do is we're going to have a time of ministry. And this ain't, about, this ain't about making me look well. This ain't about, oh, look at the number of people. You know what? Lighthouses don't keep count of how many people they save. Lighthouses don't brag, we saved five ships last week. Lighthouses don't do that. As long as the ship comes in safely, that's all. That's all they care about. And God has begun to speak to each of us about something. And so as they play, 
There'll be people down here. So people for prayer, you know who you are. Go ahead and move down here. And as, they, as we begin to play, as they begin to, to worship, all I want you to do is whatever it is, just respond. If you want someone to pray with you, absolutely. Some of the youth, youth y'all come up here for prayer too, to help, to help pray. You know who you are. Um, all I want you to do is just make that first, that first moment. It may be something as big as an addiction. It may be something as large in your life as a relationship that's, that's not going the way you thought it should go. It may be something as simple as you don't want to be too chunky anymore. And you're like, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to, be, I'm going to live healthier. Whatever it is, say yes to God. Let's take the first step. Let's, let's say no like Jesus did. Let's say no. So, Father, right now, God, I thank you that you are the God of the most powerful yes. God, one yes from you can change our lives forever.